I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. Please don't tell your father. So you're working for him now? How nice. Does he know? I can't wait to tell you. Miss Burnley. No, Miss Burnley. Get off! Just give me two more days, one evening. It's more important than anything. It's going to astound the world. You know about the problem of polymerizing amino acid residues. What did you say? Look, you know what a long chain molecule is. Oh, what? Do you know what a molecule is? No. Something like an atom. That's it. Atoms stuck together. In this case, like a long chain. Now, cotton and silk and every natural fibers is made up of these chains. And recently, we've learned to make artificial fibers with even longer chains, such as um, rayon and nylon. You've heard of nylon. Well, I think I've succeeded in the copolymerization of amino acid residues and carbohydrate molecules, both containing ionic groups. It's really perfectly simple. I believe I've got the right catalyst to promote interaction between the reactive groups at the end of the peptide chains and the carbohydrate combination while the charges of the ionic groups will cross-link the chains and confer valuable elastic properties. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we head back in time and over the pond to discuss the film that asks, what did Obi-Wan wear before the robes? This stars Alec Guinness, Joan Greenwood, and Cecil Parker. It's 1951's The Man in the White Suit. But first, he's the guy who insists that he needs money from his future father-in-law. It's Rob. How you doing, Rob? Man in the White Suit. I watched Man in the High Castle. No, you didn't. Yeah, no, you didn't because you were talking to me about it the other day. I wish I was watching Man in the High Castle. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I like this movie. It was fine. Oh, we're going to have some talking. (laughs) I take it you didn't like this movie. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, okay. Until we get there. Well, you got any news for us this week? Um, I do. Uh, Let's start with let's start with this one so if uh if you didn't know um it was announced uh that uh, westworld uh season five has been canceled yeah yeah i saw that yeah it's Good not news, really though. surprising because uh, right because of the dumpster fire that they're doing yeah season four was not Liquid, that good liquidation sale that yeah. wb is going through well that and season four just was, really wasn't all that great I haven't watched it yet. Does it still have boobs? A few, yeah. Uh, not as many as season one, huh? Oh, God, no. Well, shit. Huh. Well, good news, though. Um, the cast is still getting paid. <laughs> yeah, they're probably under contract, yeah. Yep, yep. The core, the core cast will still be paid for season five, even though it got canceled. That's a uh, brilliant fucking move from Warner Brothers. Well, I mean... They don't have to deal with production costs. Well, I know, but I mean, they still probably could have gotten some of their money back if they had run a season five. Well, I don't know. I mean, um, so the salary for the cast is to is believed to uh, be a ten to fifteen million. That's what would be owed for for season five. Okay. Uh, While while that's not a lot. the third season, the third season budget was pegged at ten million. I'm sorry, a hundred million, which came out to about ten million an episode. Um, okay. So, if season five was going to be eight episodes, eight to ten episodes, you're looking anywhere over eighty million. So they're still saving money. 
But how much lost revenue run. are they going to have on sold media? You know, people people buy seasons to to rewatch later. Um, how much how much are they going to lose off of lost subscribership for people that are subscribed to HBO Max just for like shows like Westworld and other shit that they're axing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean. I don't think it's going to be much less than what they would have spent in production costs. Yeah. I, you know, they're trying to save like $3.5 billion. Well, yeah, they, they made so, a shit fucking deal with AT&T yeah. to buy Warner Brothers. And now they're trying to, now they're trying to garage sale their way out of their bad deal. Yeah, which I don't... I, I didn't know Discovery had that much kind of that kind of cash. Yeah, neither did I. You know, so well they don't anymore. Yeah, that's the that's the point. Yeah, they they spent rent money to buy WB and yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what else you got? So we had a uh, we had a birthday happen uh, this past week on Thursday, November third. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so good old deep space nine, um, uh, the dominion war started 25 years ago on, on, uh, November 3rd. So like the, the episode started 25 yes. years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So deep space nine's dominion war, the first episode that can, uh, contained the dominion war, uh, happened 25 years ago. And people so care that, about this. Why? Because that was kind of a big deal. Was it? For for Star Trek, yeah. Having a giant war and not everything being happy-go-lucky. It was on, like, yeah. It was on that show, and that show wasn't good. Well, people would tend to disagree with you. Deep Space Nine was not good. Again, people would tend to disagree yeah. with you. Okay, I mean, I mean, the world needs wrong people too. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, you're in that club. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you're uh, in that wrong wrong people club. I don't think so. Moving on, what else yeah. you got? I got Mars news. Mars news. Mars news. Nothing happens on so, Mars. Well, apparently that is not the case because Mars is alive. What? Yeah, Mars is alive. Okay, you're going to have to explain that. Well, so that's the headline, Mars is alive. Um, and then there's another article <laughs> what, that what, says, Who was the brilliant fucking journalistic... Hold on, hold on, hold on. This comes from SciTech Daily. Um, there was a headline that said Ooh. Mars is alive, SciTech Daily. Anyway, look, don't question. It, it's not giant freaking robots, so it's fine. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, they're owned by giant freaking... No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I've got a headline that says Mars Alive. I've got another article that says new evidence for uh, liquid water on Mars has been found. Um, but they're two completely unrelated things. Um, Mars is alive. Uh, up until recently, Mars was generally considered a geologically dead planet. Apparently... An international team of scientists have reports uh, of seismic s- seismic signals indi- indicative. Man, there's lots of big words. Indicative of <laughs> volcanism that are still being uh, that that are still happening. Okay, so they think that it's 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 there's actually like a liquid. Magma underneath, or yeah, I guess uh, seismologists and uh, geophysicists um, at uh, ETH Zurich have been listening to the seismic pings of more than thirteen hundred Mars quakes. Um, so apparently Mars is shaking in its boots and uh, isn't quite as dead as uh, once thought. Now, whether or not it's teeming with life, that's that's a whole other thing, and that's not what this article is about, even though it says Mars is alive. Um, so then I got the thing that says, hey, there's new evidence for liquid water. Um, yeah, they're just looking at uh, the South Pole and, 
you know, comparing it to our poll and going, hey, it looks kind of similar. So there's evidence that there might be liquid water, but probably not. We don't know. We don't have a whole lot of information, and we're doing this based off of um, uh, radar and um, and that kind of bullshit. Radar that kind readings. of bullshit. Yeah, radar readings and and stuff like that that came from uh, from passing spaceships. Gotcha. Okay. So you know, I we're not going to know for sure until Elon Musk uh, sets foot and starts drilling for gold. <laughs> right. So, you know, until that day, we're not going to know for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um, Is that it? Please tell I me mean, that's it. That, I mean, you know. I, I mean, it would be a shock that you didn't have, like, some kind of superhero news. Well, I'm saving, I'm saving the superhero news for next time. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Um, well. Oh hey, um, oh, here's some more. Here's some more uh, sci-fi news. I forgot about this um, because it hap- I looked at it so long ago. Um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I don't know. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, who's in Black Panther: Wakanda uh-huh. Forever, uh, also in Us. Um, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, she is on tap to be in uh, A Quiet Place Day One, the Quiet Place prequel that's happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot all about that happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's happening, dude. Interesting. Yep. Yep. I just thought I, I thought that was a little interesting, and especially considering, um, one, it's sci-fi, and two, um, she's related to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is superhero, oh, um, and will happen next, uh, comes out next week. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. I yeah. guess it's out now. Well, yeah, technically as of this show dropping, uh, all things, you know, all the no. stars aligning in this show actually dropping on time. Yes. Black Panther will be out. Wait, this isn't a live show. No, we don't, re- no, we this, don't record it live. No, right no. I think I think we've gone over this before, but uh, oh. we can we can go over it again after the show, and so I'll tell you how I, this works. So I could still record in my panties. No, no, <laughs> no. You have a restraining order against that. Oh, do I need to put my shirt back on? That's that's up to you. Perfect. Man. Let's do a pod crawl, please. With the, with the fact that I'm, you record in public places without I'm pants creeping, is why you have that restraining myself order. out. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. We can call it. I don't know. Say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Sidney Stratton is a research chemist with caviar tastes and a pizza budget. After he's caught spending extravagant amounts of his textile employer's money on heavy hydrogen for his unsanctioned experiment, he's shit-canned and looking for work. The employment office ships him to another textile mill where he's a laborer who envies the state-of-the-art lab there. One day he gets to set up a shiny new electron microscope and impresses the researchers there with his knowledge of where things go and how the thing works and then manages to quit his job and get roped into working for free for a little lab space. Setting up his experiment again, he reaches a critical point, and one day before the lab opens he sets up his needed reaction, crosses his fingers he doesn't blow the lab up, and presses the aptly named fire button. When the lab doesn't explode in a ball of fiery chemicals, he's elated to see his experiment worked. It seems he invented a new polymer that can be woven into a material that is virtually indestructible as well as never gets dirty. When the other researchers come in and see their lab has been outfitted as a bomb, they are less than convinced that he's sane, much less invented a revolutionary new material. They dump the chemical into the sink and kick him off the premises. That night he goes to appeal his case with the owner, but the owner wants nothing to do with him. The owner's daughter, Daphne, breaks away from the Scooby gang long enough to tell her dad he's being an idiot for not giving Sid a few minutes of his time. The next day, Sid and Burnley have struck up a deal to manufacture the new material. They make a few yards and then, with the help of blowtorches to cut the material, 
make a shiny white suit for Sid that glows in the dark because it's slightly radioactive due to some of the elements used in the material's creation. When word of the invention gets out to the other mills, they lose their shit and head over to Burnley's mill to stop him from marketing the new fabric. They say that he will put them all out of business, because who needs to buy new clothes when the clothes that they have never wear out? They convince Burnley to bring Sid in and renegotiate the contract to gain control over the worldwide rights of the technology. Sid comes in, asks a few questions about publication, and when it becomes clear that industry just wants to suppress his invention, he says fuck off and then gets chased around, knocked out and kidnapped for his refusal. When the workers get wind of the new invention, they see the expiration date of their jobs, because who needs new material when the old material never wears out, and they demand that industry never manufacture the stuff. They go on strike and head over to Burnley's place to state their demands. Meanwhile, Daphne has been whored out to convince Sid to hand over the rights for a cool quarter million, and after he refuses her feminine wiles, she switches gears and helps him escape. Well, Sid escapes right into the arms of the laborers when he comes across Bertha and she tells him that they don't want his work out in the world as well. He tries to get away from her, but Bertha is having none of that shit, and she locks him in his old room as the trade union heads out to negotiate with industry. Sid, pouting in a window, convinces a little girl with a cheek full of chewing tobacco to help him escape, and when he's free he tries to book both a cab and train ticket with the measly five pence he has in his pocket. News gets out that Sid has escaped and both labor and industry rush out to chase him down. After running around town and terrorizing the local butcher, they finally corner Sid with murder in their eyes. As Sid tries to run away one last time, someone grabs his coat and a large chunk of it tears away. It seems the material is unstable and starts to deteriorate after a time. They rip the rest of the suit off of him, leaving him pantless in the street, humiliated and dejected. The next day they give him his walking papers, his assistant bids him goodbye, and Roll Sid looking at his notebook and realizing the key to a stable formula with a eureka moment, credits. All right, 1951's The Man in the White Suit. So this goes back to classic sci-fi where uh, you basically get um, kind of this moral dilemma uh, that's posed by new technology or uh, some other science fiction scenario. So I take it you do not enjoy this film. Um, I'd rather watch Metropolis again. <laughs> no shit. You hated it that much? No, I didn't hate it, but uh, I didn't. I didn't like it. Okay, what didn't you like? It's bored. You were bored. It just didn't have enough action or or what 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 bored you about it? Um Yeah. It's not my kind of sci-fi. Okay. I mean, that's I fair. Mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's one thing if it's technology or something like this but uh, it was technology something. it was oh, geez. Geez. <laughs> polymers but, are technology look, yes but look wanted is more sci-fi than this and it had a loom of fate wanted wanted with angelina jolie oh, and uh, yeah yeah professor x yeah. yeah that that was more sci-fi and it had a it had that a, was pure fucking fantasy uh you know bending bullets with with the flick of a wrist that's sci-fi <laughs> um you know but uh, yeah i mean i understand why people would call it sci-fi back back then it's right. sci-fi now. We don't have technology that can create indestructible materials that never get dirty. Well, neither do they. Well, they might now. He had that eureka moment at the end of the end of the movie, but even even before it started deteriorating, it it held up to its promises. Yeah. It was indestructible. They had to use a blowtorch, well, nearly indestructible. It 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 was susceptible to very high heat. And they had to use a blowtorch to actually cut the material, but it yeah. didn't get dirty, and well, you, know, you got couldn't a, cut it. They've got a coating you can put on clothes for that. Do they? Yeah, they do. And uh, it never never wears off, so clothes never get dirty if you put that clothes. Uh, that well, I can't tell you if it wears off or not, but I mean, you I can mean, put a lot of chemicals on clothes to make them not 
or make them repel dirt. Well, hydrophobic or repel dirt or oleophobic. But that doesn't make the clothes. I mean, (laughs) that that may actually hinder the the ability of the clothes to do their job. We never saw whether or not he could wash these clothes, said clothes. He didn't need to. God, they would stink, I would think. No, they don't. They're, they don't. Things don't stick to them. He basically, right. he basically made Teflon clothes. Really, there really, really hard Kevlar Teflon clothes. Yeah, it was a, it was a Teflon uh, Kevlar weave. <laughs> but I think it was a little stronger than that. Okay. Because so that one thread like, like held his. Well, that one thread was able to actually, yeah. you know, Hold break steel. Weight. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it popped popped the steel off. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were doing the tinsel t- uh, check to see yeah. how strong it was, and it actually broke the machine they were checking it with. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's not my my cup of sci-fi, and you know, man, I I don't know. But the the, the point of sci-fi movies like this, and and we've discussed this before. Right. The point of sci-fi movies like this is not the actual technology. The technology is a means to an end. The technology is what introduces the the um the theme that they're trying to explore. And so the theme that they were trying to explore in this movie was uh the ramifications of new technology on both industry and labor. And, you know, what are the responsibilities of, uh, of researchers whenever they introduce these revolutionary uh, technologies to the public that is greatly affected by, by these new technologies? I mean, industry and labor were both right. I mean, this was a game changer for, for their jobs and their livelihoods and their income. Because if you've got this material that never wears out, that never um, gets dirty, it, it not only affects the the workers at the mill that actually produce these goods and the uh, the industry titans that actually own these mills and market these out and sell it to um, you know tailors and and whoever uses these textiles, but it also affects like his his landlady. She she also washed clothes for extra income and if you have clothes that never get dirty what's she going to do for that extra income so i think it i think it kind of and it also kind of explored the uh the dynamics between industry and labor and and how they're usually at odds with one another but they actually kind of need each other in a capitalistic society and so th- there were a lot of themes and a lot of things that they explored in this movie Beyond, and it was the technology was just a launching pad for those explorations. Right, I I get that. I get that. I just not my cup of movie. (laughs) You know, uh, you know. No, there weren't. There weren't flashy effects. There weren't explosions. There weren't spaceships. No, there was. There was. There was explosions. Well, there were explosions. Yeah, that's right. Which I mean. You know, at first, did you at least did you at least like that part where things blew up? When things blew up, it went boom. That and the song. I like the I like the song. Yeah, the song had. was kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah, the little test tube song. Which come to find out, um that was actually done using actual lab equipment. It wasn't done yeah. using musical instruments. So yeah. Yeah. They did was, have like an underlying musical bed, but yeah, the actual sound effects that they used for the, the main mm-hmm. theme was was laboratory equipment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I fa- I found it kind of interesting that they had like um, the the Godfather of textiles, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, it's like okay. Well, I mean, that's 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 kind of how it was back in, especially the twenties. I mean, like right as the revolutionary or the the industrial revolution hit its peak around the twenties, you had these these industrialists, these um, uh, Oh, what did they call them? Um, titans of industry that oh. that that basically controlled their their particular industry. I mean, they they were they were the they were the big dogs in their industry, and you you definitely bowed down to them because they allowed you to 
to be a part of their industry. They allowed you to have like your mill. And if you fucked up or pissed them off, then they would, they would manage to cut you out. Yeah. Black and, volume. And, so what's the timeline on this, on this show? Um, how, how long from the time the thread was made to it deteriorating? I, I don't think it was long. I think it was maybe a matter of days. Okay. All right. Although, so, well, no, because they created I mean, the thread if, and then they had to tailor the suit. So they, they had, had to, to, well, they created the thread. They, they, they made, had to weave the fabric. Sh- yeah. Tailor, a su- you know, get dimensions for the suit, tailor the suit, which I mean, Sewing the suit would take at least a day, day and two. Well, it was probably closer to a week or two, maybe, right. to create so, that suit. Right. And then a couple days after that. So, you know, what I'm seeing here is, you know, sell that sell that shit to the military. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, military I think they were short-sighted well, even with... And, and really, I think, it, I think the fact that it deteriorates actually makes it much more marketable to the mills than if it, if it didn't deteriorate, because even if it only lasts for like a couple of weeks, I mean, that's, that's an indestructible, uh, non-soilable material that you can have. Um, I mean, it's got a shelf life certainly, but within that shelf life, there are some probably applications that you could uh, sell that material for, and you've got this continuing uh, cycle of having to create that material for the, even though it's a, a niche application, probably. Right. Uh, you could definitely market that material somehow. So I think they're a little short-sighted on the movie for, for wanting to subdue that, even after um, discovering that it's, it's not permanent. Right. And uh, so... So he makes it the first time. Does he like totally forget how he makes it? I mean, why does he keep, why did it keep exploding? Yeah. I'm not quite sure what they were trying to go with on that too. I mean, yeah, he didn't actually, he didn't get to actually analyze uh, what he had created the first time. He thinks that okay. it worked, but he didn't get to do any kind of analysis on it. Like he did the second time. Yeah, but and he would have known what he did. True, to, true. And know, so he would have had notes on that. Maybe he didn't have detailed enough notes to be able to replicate it, um, replicate the process or the rig that he used to create it the next time at the new lab. I'm not sure, but because I mean the the new apparatus that he used was much more complex. Yeah, it was or big. maybe he was trying to scale up. Right. production maybe he knew how to do it on a small scale and he was right. trying to scale it okay. up and and, and maybe there were some unstable. problems scaling it up yeah 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 heavy hydrogen yeah heavy hydrogen becomes, yep. becomes unstable at higher quantities you think so i have no idea <laughs> i have no earthly idea uh but you know, I did like the I I liked the effect when they turned off the lights on him. Yeah, yeah the the the, the way his sure. suit like glowed throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I'm not sure how they did that. I'm not either. I, I don't I know if they had like some kind of like focused lens with light that just shined on his suit the entire time or what. But yeah, it was actually right. a really cool effect, and it made it it made it stand out more in the fact that the film was black and white too. Right. Right. That That's another thing. Um, I'm immediately going to hate black and white films. I'm just going to give you a heads up. <laughs> Why? Not a black and white guy. Why? I'm not, I'm not sure. Look, the world existed in black and white back then. Look, I was. It never wasn't that until old. it wasn't until wasn't, modern times that the world changed to color. So you just I have was, to deal with black and white. Look, I was never that old to to know whether or not that was true. All right, so I'll have to take your <laughs> word for it. I do know that we we lived in um, 
low res uh, for the longest time. And I'm just now, I never realized how crystal clear I could be until high def showed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I high was, def is, has changed the world. Everything is, has come into focus. Right. I mean, shoot. Or I, that could be you visiting the eye doctor for the first time. Maybe. <laughs> I'm hairy. Except for on your head. I didn't know that until, uh, until, you know, high def. No, that's not true. I've got <laughs> hair on my head. I've got a nice head of hair going on right now. I need a haircut. Yeah, sure you do. I need a haircut. I need a shave. Uh, I haven't shaved my face in a while. I'm just, I'm just hairy. All right. So I was, I was watching the movie and mm-hmm. I was kind of confused on Daphne. Which, do you think she was actually falling for Sid? Because she was originally, uh, she's oh, engaged she was- to, to Michael Corland, right? The, oh. the, right, 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 right. Yeah. The other dude. Yeah. Yeah, the other the other uh, owner of the other mill. Yeah, um, I don't know. I really, I, I really don't. I don't know. And then I, I thought know. maybe that they were trying to get you know Bertha and Sydney together, but none of that stuff. Like, because Bertha Look, seemed to be crushing got, on Sydney. He's only got eyes for science. Okay. Apparently, yeah. Um, I don't. Maybe she was just trying to stick it to dad. I'm sorry. Stick it to father. I mean, you know, you think because she seemed after she like tried to run him over and then, you know, threw him off her car, which, which by the way, that, um, that sucked. I mean, they were going super slow and they just, uh, sped up the film (laughs) to, to show speed. I don't. I don't think she was actually driving, though. I don't. I, yeah, I think it was one of those. The I backdrop. It, was yeah, moving. the backdrop was moving. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, which, which, yeah, it didn't look good. Well, I hey, mean, okay. So it was the nineteen fifties. It's a small studio. I they 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 had what they they had to work with. So I'm gonna give them a pass on that. But yeah, yeah so. Once she came back to see, you know, if she had actually killed a guy with uh, with her car, she actually seemed to be somewhat attracted to him whenever he was explaining, you know, what uh, long chain polymers were. And well, she just she, likes it when people talk science to her. That's right. Yeah, and then she actually went home and started fiddling through reading. the. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that was like product placement for Encyclopedia oh, Britannica? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to you want to uh, you want to invent an indestructible uh, uh, fiber? Encyclopedia Britannica has all the answers for you. That's right. Yours today uh, with five easy installments of uh, twenty nine pounds. That's probably not too far off of what it would actually cost back then. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see if we can find out. The things that you get off on a tangent on. I'm kind of curious to see how close you are. I just just came up with a random number. I mean, that was quite a bit of money back then, but encyclopedias were really expensive. Yeah, yeah. So this had a box office of uh, 90,000 pounds. Which was pretty good back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, for some strange reason, uh, the British Film Institute named it the 58th greatest British film of all time. Now, what they're not telling you is that the British have only made 59 films. films. <laughs> no, 60 films. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Mm. 58 out of 100. Uh, let's see. What what did it beat out? Uh Sense and Sensibility, Mona Lisa, Goldfinger, James Bond, uh, Room with a View. Wow. So, so this thing, A Clockwork Orange. So people thought that this was better than some of those. 
All right. It's a good movie. I, I, I mean, right. I understand you don't like it because this isn't like your cup of tea, your, your type of yeah. movie, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I watched the entire thing. So in terms of like technical movie making, it was, it was really good. Um, yeah. Everything was, or the, the version that I, I watched, which was, Obviously, a, a restored version because the the end credits you could actually see some of the the film scraping from uh, the the restoration kind of actually this, brought that was back. This but, fr- was this from BFE or BFI? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I actually so you did the same thing I did. So I did. You got your seven day trial. Uh, I did, but you can actually get it off of the Internet Archive site. Oh, I didn't look that hard. Yeah, wasn't worth my time. So I just did it through there because I could play it on my TV and not have to sit at my computer to watch it or something. I am a sucker for being able to sit and watch anything. So did you find out? uh, I'm looking. So right now it's going for about $1,400 for a set. Um, Dollars or pounds? You need to convert that to pounds. Well, I'm looking. I'll convert that to, I don't know what the exchange rate back in the 50s was, but I it's probably still close to a buck fifty to a pound, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it's I'm not finding that, and yeah. Uh, let's see here. So it would have been about the fourteenth edition. Uh huh. It was uh um the complete. Uh, so right now, the Encyclopedia Britannica on Amazon complete twenty four volume set. Uh, from 1951 will go for $11,951 on Amazon. Yeah, something tells me they didn't pay $11,000 no. back then. No. I mean, that was that was a huge amount. They were balking at $4,000. They were. 4,000 4, pounds. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been the 14th edition. I don't see... I don't see any costs associated with that edition, though. So, and I'm not going to look any longer because we have a show to record. So, whatever. I mean, right now the show's only 36 minutes. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> Shut we up. We can wait. Or we can just cut this early. Doesn't matter to me. I'm good either way. It's your show. You do what you want. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate the permission to do things that I want on my show. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's really nice of you. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Asshole. So Alec, Alec Guinness. Yeah, so Alec Guinness. I'm looking. He looks uh, pretty much the same in this movie as he did in Star Wars, just without uh, a beard and a little bit younger. I was going to say, he's got a little bit more hair in this one. Yeah. Um, did you recognize but, anybody else from this movie? Absolutely not. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> no. And it took me a minute to figure out which one was Alec Guinness, just because. Really? Well, okay, it didn't take me that long, like, but I didn't realize it was Alec Guinness until until after he was hiding behind the door as the trash guy. Like prior to that, I didn't, it, you know, because he was kind of covering himself. I didn't. It took me a minute to figure out who he was or which character he was playing. Gotcha. Um. So you know. Oh, wow. So he was a big stage guy prior to all of this. Yeah, so he started so out in stage and then World War Two hit. Yeah, 1934. Yeah, and then World War Two hit. He was in the Navy during World War Two for about three years. And then after World War Two, he started in. Well, he went back to stage and then he started doing movies with Ealing Studios. And he did several movies with Ealing Studios. And they concentrated mostly on small budget comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was after, I mean, movies like this and some others, cause he got well, some he Academy a- Award nominations for, for some of the work that he did around this time. Yeah. Bridge over the river. Kwai. Yeah. Wow. He was busy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he was a prolific actor in his time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was a it was a big get for him or for Lucas to get him to to sign on for Star Wars. In fact, yeah, which, it took doubling 
uh, the amount that they offered him to get him to sign on. Really? Yeah. Wow. And he got a percentage of royalties. Well, that's the way to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, other thoughts? Uh, if you are... Are you if you are a film aficionado and uh, you're just looking for something to do for 85 minutes, watch it. I mean, it's not terrible. Honestly, I enjoyed this more than Metropolis, um, but that's not saying much because, uh, yeah, I didn't like Metropolis. This wasn't terrible. Um, it's not my I understand I understand why it would be classified as sci-fi but it's not my type of sci-fi and it's you know if James was here um this one actually would probably be less sci-fi than 112263 in his opinion <laughs> okay um but uh, you know it's just yeah I don't I mean it's not bad We've certainly reviewed worse. Um, just not my cup of tea. I mean, uh, I'll agree. It's it's not hard sci-fi, um, no. or quote unquote hard sci-fi. I yeah. th- this is this is going back to the the classic sci-fi. You know, when sci-fi was was first emerging as as a uh, as a genre that that takes you know scientific. Uh, things that that don't actually exist so science fiction as you know this launching point for uh for a theme for exploring some sort of of theme or uh some sort of cultural idea or some sort of you know some sort of dilemma some sort of mm-hmm. it, it it's a way to to launch a story right and i get it do you though? Not really. Okay, that makes sense. But sh- sure. All right. What you got a haiku say, for us this week? I do. Uh, this one is titled "New Tech: Portable Flashlight, Radioactive Fiber." He is now sterile. <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder the implications of him re- wearing a radioactive suit. Right. Right. Yeah, especially one that glows in the dark. Right. And I wonder, I mean, so we knew about radiation sickness in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But was that really common knowledge? I I don't know. I mean, I would think they would know because of, you know, dropping the A-bomb. Sure. And by the, um, ni- and by the 1951, I mean, there had been more I mean, advances we- in atomic weapons. Right and and you know they they were they were protecting themselves in the fifties from X ray and that kind of stuff. I would yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's something they just kind of glossed over. The suit's right. mildly radioactive, but eh. I mean yeah, and they were having a hard time finding them. Shit, with how much that was glowing, I, just get a Geiger counter out. Right. <laughs> pinpoint him like nobody's <laughs> business. All right, you got any awards? Yeah, I do. All right, who's got your uh, black lung? I gave it to Mr. Burnley for uh, his late night smoke. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mine's going to go to Sid for walking into the lab with a a big lit cigar and then almost choking on it. And choking on it. Yeah. 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 All right, who's got your head lush? I gave it to Mr. Harrison uh, for uh, drinking the test tube hooch twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's who's getting mine too. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. he was leaning over and you knew that had to be some kind of booze or whatever that he was yeah, drinking. Yeah. It was, it was pretty it, dark. Yeah. The only thing better than uh, uh, bathtub hooch is test tube. Hooch. Test tube hooch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, player. Oh, I gave the player to uh, Daphne for uh, basically whoring herself out for 5,000 pounds. Yep. Yep. That's who's getting mine. Yep. Pretty much the yeah. same reason. Yeah. She she wasn't yeah. going to take 2,000. It was going to take 5,000 for her to whore herself out yep. to Sid. Yeah. You think she got the 5,000? Man, I don't know. 
I don't know. She should have. She put. She did a phenomenal uh, job. You know, they they thought she was downright busy in there with the door locked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Purple hippo. Um. You know, I, I can't remember the dude's name because uh, I didn't, and I really didn't have anything down. But I just realized this one. Um, I'm going to give it to the dude that worked in Burnley's lab that was in charge that got put in the uh, basically the broom closet as his office. All right. Um, and the fact that he was basically living shell-shocked. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. Did you notice the sandbags he put up yes. against his yeah. wall? <laughs> he had sandbags. And, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, and then they had the sandbags down the hall with with a with a dude. No, sir, you can't go in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so mine's gonna go to Sid for you know basically uh, having a, a mob chase him through the streets of town, and then getting cornered and wondering if he was gonna get ripped apart. I mean, damn. I mean, I what were they gonna do to him? Were they actually gonna clothes, murder huh? him? Maybe silence them. Yeah, silence them. How though? Put them in a closet forever. Well, sure. <laughs> so lock it's them. either kidnapping or murder. One or the other. Yeah, lock, lock them. Lock them in a cell in the bottom of the uh, mill. <laughs> okay. So false imprisonment or murder. One or the other. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's how they did it back in the fifties. Is that right? Uh huh. I did not know that. Well, I mean, you should. You lived during that time. Ha 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 ha! You're so fucking funny. Are we uh, choosing a new. new we show? are choosing another show. Are we? We are. Gonna, Unless you want to choose one of your own. No, no. I like I like the uh, I like the unknown of of the randomness. I don't like the results of the randomness sometimes but i like the unknown all right well you need to choose a number between one and 153 um let's see what's the uh what's the periodic uh, uh periodic table periodic element for hydrogen is one no i don't care about uh hydrogen. i want something more radioactive than that oh uh, we're gonna go we're going to go periodic for, uh, uh, how do you spell cesium? That's a C, isn't it? C-E-S-I-U-M. I-U-M, yeah. Yeah, so that is um, 55. Um, so let's do cesium. I don't even know what cesium is. It's some sort of chemical. Um, oh, no, it's an element. Chemical element. It's a no, chemical it's an element. element. It says, see, look, Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge, says cesium is a chemical element with the symbol CS and the atomic number of 55. It is a soft, silvery, golden alkali metal used uh, with a melting point of 28.5 degrees Celsius, which makes it one of the only five elemental metals that are liquid at or near room temperature. Stop. 55, huh? Yeah. (laughs) And I already said stop. (laughs) Yeah, I heard you. Did you? I did. And that was uh, your science knowledge for the day. All right, 55. Uh, this is a series, so... Nope. can't do that. All right, uh, go... Uh, let's go up one. So 56. Oh, you mean add one. Add one, yeah. Add one, yeah. okay. Add one, so 56. Whatever 56 is right there. He doesn't know. Oh, I know. Oh, he knows. He's looking it up, which means it is not a series. It's not a series. It is. All right. So next episode, we will be discussing the movie where a scientist becomes obsessed with bringing back his family members who died in a traffic accident. Oh, shit. You know what this is? Died in a traffic accident. Uh... There's a lot of them where they want to Stars break. Keanu Reeves, Alice Eve, and Thomas Middleditch. Oh, wait. Uh, traffic accident. Ooh, that's a re- relatively recent yes, one. Yes, it is. Um, oh. Oh. Come on. Oh. You can do it. Oh, and I know, I know the... Uh, 
It is think- 2018's Replicas. Replicas. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I haven't seen this one. Neither have I. I have it, though. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I've actually wanted to see it for a little bit. Uh, it doesn't look like it's done really well in the ratings, but uh, we'll see, I guess, in a couple weeks. Um, Look, it's Keanu Reeves. It's fine. We're going to watch it. Replicas? <laughs> replicas. Or replicant? No, replicas. Replicas. I don't have replicas. 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 As in a replica, but the plural. Like? Like more yeah. than one. Like more than one replica. Yes. Like? Like that's all we've got. Goals. Time for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrog music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord oh, channel at smokinganddrinkingspace.com forward slash Discord. Oh, on Twitter at status underscore podcast. Or you can email us at smokinganddrinkingspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkingspace.com forward slash Patreon. And also visit Gunna Geek for more great shows at GunnaGeek.com. For this episode, I'm Jason. Yeah, so this is just like another uh, uh, mind trip that we're going to end up watching. You think? Oh, he's a neuroscientist. Of course. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know... <laughs> My tongue's getting in the way. We need uh, fight fight. All right. One more time. Hey, as long as you don't take three tries like I did. Yeah, no shit. On Wednesday. <laughs>